You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Old Movie Time Machine. This is the show in which we use color motion picture films made in the old US of A between the years of 1945 and 1965 as windows into the past. We throw these windows open. We climb through the windows. We explore the world beyond the window. And while we do this, we ask some critical probing questions, such as the people that we find in this world beyond the window. Who are these people? What are their habits? What decisions are they making? And why? How are they treating each other? And inarguably the most important aspect out of all of these, what are they wearing and what do their living rooms look like? And then at the end of the show, we come back to current times and we answer the ultimate vital question on behalf of all of you, humanity in the early 21st century, which is this movie that we just watched, you guys, the one that we window probing questions, asking them, coming back, asking the final question, which is this. Do we keep watching these things? Are we going to keep watching this particular motion picture film from the mid-century of the United States of America, color motion picture contemporaneous film? Are we going to keep giving this a look? Or, Or is there anything of value that we can take from this that needs to be passed on, perhaps, or demonstrated to future generations? Or do we just say... Fuck it. And leave it with the rest of time's rubbish out on the curb where you can burn it like that big pile of leaves that we saw last week with all that heaven allows. We will find out. I'm your host, by the way, through time and or space, Justin Zeppa. Joined as ever by my incredible panel of international experts at being human in the early 21st century and also the smartest people that I know. Starting on my left, we're at her place today. Catherine Sherlock, oh, welcome. No, you welcome. Oh, th- I welcome actually, you, you've welcomed actually. me. We are here, you guys. You, yes. I, you know, I hate to to interrupt the introductions, but so I'm not going to. We're going to continue. No, I'll come back to it. <laughs> that gets edited out. And Catherine, on your left, as ever, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the singular, Shrishma Nike. Hey, Shrishy Boo. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the program. Thanks. And on behalf of Catherine, welcome to her house. Thanks. And that's where we're at today. Be here. And on your left, across the ocean, my sister and yours, Carolyn Nowrose. Hey, sis. Hey there. Welcome back to the show and welcome to Catherine's house, or as we like to call it, Catherine's Cat Corner. Mm. Hi. Oh, <laughs> Catherine, okay. I'm just waving. There's, there's waving. a pause there, yeah, because you were waving in a way that indicated that maybe there's a problem. No. <laughs> what? Like, I need saving like, here? Like, Okay, because you're, you're landing a plane right now that I, <laughs> I'm not in charge of. So. Um, but we, this is a very special episode, a very cat-centric, feline-flavored episode. Catherine's Cat Corner, cat with a K, by the way, Uh is corner with a K. Corner with a K, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, KKK? Oh, no, no, never mind. Scratch. Never mind. No, no, no. Let's get KCK, uh, Catherine's Cat uh, Palace. Cat Palace, something like that? KKP? Oh, man. We walked right into that. I know. It just started all over again. 
Excuse no, no, I think it needed pointing out. But Catherine, you have a new roommate. I do. Can you tell us a little bit about him? That's right. It's a man. Okay. No. <laughs> a cat man. It's a, it's a male cat. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Solon. Yes. He is nine years old. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm his third owner. Oh, wow. So mm. he's chewing through him. Be third careful. Third time's a charm. <laughs> Well, don't accept any open beverages from him. Mm. Zala, okay. suggest to you. <laughs> and it's only appropriate because you guys, as we know, we are in the thick of the holiday season. Listener, gentle listener, please forgive us if you're hearing some kind of background interference. Uh, turns out Catherine's cat palace may be haunted. Not mm. sure about that. We will find out. Maybe the cat has bought um, <laughs> spirits. With him, Spirits and I don't just mean the, I don't mean the Japanese whiskey. That yeah, was yeah. already here. That was fair. here, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe he's just fucking with us. Cats will do that. Yeah. I can see him in the other room, sending out, some, you know, like flipping on an old tube style television or something like that. Like, ah, this will really screw with the electricity. Maybe it's these old school plugs. The old school that, Italian yeah. plugs Wait, at Catherine's place. Quite possibly, they Catherine, just spark, have like, you, fuck have her you, when they plug something in. Catherine, have you finished this newer season of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix? I have. And the apartment one in Chico, California. A woman moved into an apartment and like had oh all, my of God, the yeah, and all the activity. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. See, the cat has arrived and yeah. the hiss has gone. Oh, well, then you're just going to ha- have to hang out, have buddy. To stay here, man. Just stay. <laughs> That's what you do to me in the middle of the night. Uh oh. Somebody needs some attention. But you guys, it's uh, it's Christmas Are you time. Suggesting my pussy needs attention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no comment. And he's off. My pussy is oh, under, he didn't like under that. the table. He doesn't like your blue material. He doesn't, <laughs> he's not a fan of it. He likes it when you work clean, when you're family family friendly. <laughs> I've got kittens here. Um. But guys, it's the holiday season, right? It is. He's so the popcorn. <laughs> the popcorn that I dropped under the table. Oh. He is eating the popcorn. You guys, it's what? it's the holiday season. It is. Is it? Yeah. And we are celebrating, of course, as we are wont to do, these seasonal moments. It's Catherine's house, Catherine Catherine's rules. This is just how it's gonna be, Shrishma. Yes. And so, of course, we're going to be bringing you the best holiday fair. This is, we're talking Bell, Book, and Candle, by the way, today, uh, from 1958, starring Kim Novak and Mr. James Stewart, yes. who we saw earlier from in Rope, if you yes, recall. I do recall. Looking much creakier, much older. And uh, did he have a weird, like, Accent? Yeah. Okay. It's just what he does. And it only gets it only gets more so the older that he gets. He talks more and more like this yeah, just with age. Like... You're not turn on, turned on by that? He's your no. leading man. Oh. Okay. Kim Novak fell for it. She was pretty. She, yeah, I mean, yeah, she get out of town. Nice looking. Can we talk about eyebrows, you guys? I mean, <laughs> get out of town. Yeah. What's going Is on there? all about the eyebrows? Kind of. I mean. <laughs> It's it's a highlight. It's they're good. I That's think, all I'm saying. Um, they're good. 
Considering there's always like there's the three of us, I think yeah. we give you very little airtime to share your like <laughs> you know appreciation for some of the hot ladies. In really, because I feel like that's a lot of what the program is—is really? is me being I feel like, like knockout, right? Us. Like, oh, okay, that they're doing the swooning. Then, like when you were swooning over Charleston Heston right. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Charles- what Charleston? Charleston Heston? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the three of you try to say charlton heston's name at the same time is pure comedy <laughs> <laughs> well i know how to say it i'm just like, i feel like we're we're losing track of what is actually right at this point i, I don't know <laughs> how it matter? if you asked me to spell it i couldn't do it i don't is think carlton heston <laughs> Isn't it a bit like Cumberlord? I mean, it's just like anything works, frankly. We all know who we mean. Cumberlord Heston. My name is Cumberlord Heston. Welcome to Peru. Prize it from my gold. Uh, yeah, right. You blew it up. Uh, damn you all to hell. Uh, Charlton Heston did not do it for me. I just want to add that in. To me, he looks like he smells like stale alcohol. Mm. Oh, I think you're you're (laughs) right. Is that a bad thing? Okay. Well, that's the thing. Maybe this is where it's going wrong. Let's understand that everybody from this era smelled of stale alcohol (laughs) and cigarettes, too. (laughs) I mean, like, it was a smelly, stinky time, I think. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, well, thank you for the floor, though, Shrishma. I would like to put on the record that I, I find Kim Novak of this era very attractive. And she's of course, a, a talented performer, brilliant human being, of course. But, yeah, she's hot, you know? Yeah, she's got it. She's got it working. She's got these. Yeah, I would agree. She was nice, nice-looking lady. Sort of she's rocking the 1957 Audrey and funny face look for a lot of this, Carolyn, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? The bohemian Absolutely, look? Yeah. The black, the full black bodysuit, mm-hmm. like cat suit. Yes. Situation, you can't go wrong with that. No. You just can't. So uh, just before, uh, real quick, as we go through these credits here, I wanted to point out director of photography, James Wong Howe. I just stopped here because as we've seen through all these movies, I mean, you can just tell from the credits that there's a bunch of white people, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it's all Toms and Jims and so on and so forth. But so the the name Wong stood out to me. So I did a brief bit of research. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. No, hold yeah. your applause. It's okay. It's okay. Not that big a deal. But I did do a light Google and I discovered that he is a very well-respected and famous director of photography who was born in China, moved to the States at age five and worked, mm. uh, started in Hollywood as a custodian and then worked his way up to cinematography, which he did for like 40 years. So wow. he did um, Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House, a personal favorite, Cary Grant. Uh, the Old Man in the Sea, Spencer Tracy, Ooh. Yankee Doodle Dandy, James Cagney. So like he's mm. he's out there. He's been doing stuff. So props to him because we don't see many no, people do of Asian descent in any of these movies. So let's uh, shine the spotlight when we can. So well done, James. And this is a really beautifully shot movie, yeah, I will also is. say. I mean, it is. Did you also notice on the credits? Um, Furs by Teitelbaum? No. Oh. By who? <laughs> by Teitelbaum. The, this is, uh, we get the classic native primitive art, uh, courtesy of Karlbach Gallery, New York City, and also Furs, courtesy of Teitelbaum, which must be some brand of fur. But guys, there's okay. furs in this film. So yeah. well, what were you, t- <laughs> what, what magic did you see in these credits? 
Um, gowns by. Oh, yeah, gowns by, sure. But this, I hadn't noticed that in anything prior, unless I'm just been dumb. I've seen this elsewhere. I don't know if we've seen it in one of our movies, but this was a thing that periodically would get highlighted if the gowns no. were magnificent. I don't, I don't know. Um, so did gowns got it? Did it get its own title it card? Did. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I mean, they, they do look nice. Everybody looks great in this picture. Everybody does look good. So we open on the inside of the story and we meet Gillian Holroyd, who is played by the very lovely Kim Novak, of course. And we meet her familiar cat named Pie Wacket. She is having a a little one-on-one with him, as I imagine Catherine does each evening with Solon. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm trying to throw him over my shoulder, but um, he resists. But uh, um, yeah, I keep trying. <laughs> at some point, he'll give up, or I will. It's a stalemate at the moment. Okay, okay. Keep practicing though, uh, because I mean, if Piwacket can do it, and Piwacket's a real right. troublemaker, right? Mm. But he's he's up on that shoulder. But she's sort of ruining the boredom of her life, the boredom of existence, because spoiler alert, everybody for five minutes from now, she's a witch. So she's been around and she is just feeling in a real rut right now. And so she's just, uh, you know, expressing this to Piwacket and asking maybe, you know, Piwacket, could you help me out here? I want to, I want to do something. I want to meet somebody. And she decides that she wants to meet. And there she is just looking amazing. Um, she wants to meet this man, James Stewart, playing Shepard Henderson is his name. Uh, again, a very grandfatherly figure at this point. Early grandfather era, James Stewart. The voice is in full caricature effect. Anyway, she is in love. She's picked this this chump who lives upstairs. And we see him wearing uh, what is really an outstanding trench coat, I have to say. Or a uh, top coat. But it is very heavy. And has great pockets. I mean, you could really stuff some things in there or just your your cold paws if you wanted to. But I do admire this jacket. We have a, a classic cab behind him, too. Uh, it's not just a yellow cab. It's a yellow and red cab, you guys. So keep an eye out for that. Now, she has decided that she likes this man. I couldn't tell you why. Uh, women of the show, do you find this age James Stewart attractive? Question. Um. Unattractive. No, he's not unattractive. No, he's but not. He's, I, I would say. But there was a whole lot he's of canoodling. safe. Yeah. They, he's kind of safe and mm-hmm. normal. And um, she, for her, I think he almost represents something quite exotic. So to her, the normal is exotic, the boring is exotic. We should also note that she is barefoot. She is barefoot, yes, as she is she, for much of the movie, right? Yes, and she is rocking the whole um, all black. Audrey Bohemia, look. yeah. Like you said, Bohemian lounging around mm-hmm. her apartment like a cat herself. Yeah, I don't know why y'all aren't just doing this full time. Like everybody, That's just easy, easy breezy. Well, I'm wearing, wearing stretchy shoes. pants, but I, I don't think they're in any way that this kind of. I think uh, last night I wore quality. heels for the first time this year. Heels, yeah. Oof. Yeah, and how, how, how do you feel? I mean, I took them off as soon as I left. <laughs> I took them off and I walked down the stairs. Okay. They didn't even last. <laughs> like Cinderella. Um, also, so he uses her phone. Here is Kim Novak lounging on her little couch. 
there were too many f- bare feet. You think though, this is a Tarantino esque amount of feet? I, I just kind of feel like, especially when we got to the part where they're like canoodling on the couch. Oh, geez, there was major Stuart foot action there, yeah. Been, and I was like, we don't need to see that with your. Well, I don't want to see. Feet. I, her feet I are never want to see lovely. Jimmy Stewart's feet. I never wanted yeah. to see that. Kim Novak's feet. She can put them anywhere, right? But did, uh, no, I. She does not have beautiful feet. I'm, She's not a foot model. You know what? What? <laughs> She's got like meaty feet. Okay. Oh, I was say. hey. <laughs> I mean, those are be nice. nice feet. They're nice, sexy feet. Mm-mm. What? Sure, smile. You know what? <laughs> wow, wow that's kind of aggressive. <laughs> what? No, no, no. Just. I didn't want to lose so, it. Um, you know, you can make a lot of money selling foot pics. Yeah, of course. Everybody <laughs> yes, knows that. Yes, Why yes, are we yes, all not doing that? I don't, know. I don't know. Should we do that? I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see my feet. I have like old dancer feet. I have I, nice I, feet. Yeah, same. Yeah, work actually. it. I, I, mm, th- this has been a part of things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, great. Great stuff. Do it. And X shoes, by the way. Yeah. You, you have you can sell them on. EBay. Yeah, yeah. The shoe thing is that's for real. That's uh-huh, uh-huh. you should consider that. What you can just wear. Shrishma could wear some shoes around and, and then, then just sell, sell them on the internet. Out. Sell them on eBay, but you have to be very careful about the language you use because mm. otherwise they'll pick up on it and be like, ah. Ugh. We we suspect yeah. our eBay users are going to purchase this to jerk off into. So no, thank that's you. Delete. Disgusting. Well. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have. So you didn't many think that that was going to be the ultimate conclusion? You think they were just going to? I thought they were just going to. I was just going to put it on a shelf or whatever. What you do with the pick after I send it to you? You know what's completely up to you. There's only one thing happening with that. You need to see the toe marks. Oh, yeah. That'll really. Well, I'm just starting at feet. No shoes involved. Oh, uh-huh. I think you should move right to the merchandise. <laughs> so what, Catherine, what do you recommend? Like, should she run some laps? Like, go down to, like, the track and maybe get... Yeah, I mean, ju- just wear a cheap pair of shoes around. Get sweaty in them. The more get <laughs> impressionable, the better. Mm. Nice. No socks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Just, <laughs> just foot um, on shoe action. <laughs> Do you think anyone would want my muck boots that I wear in the barn when I like really run? Maybe through them? those are worth like ten grand, Caroline. It just depends whether you can keep see the toe mark. That's your retirement. It. It's more like little. Like, they want to know that a foot was there. Exactly. They want to know that. Yeah. I, yeah what's yeah. the terminology for those pumps? Mm. Oh. Yeah. Pump with a foot mark is like high value. Yes. Oh, okay. I believe so. So I heard. I, I probably have a bunch of a bunch of pairs of high heels that I will never wear again that you I should can just send them to eBay. eBay. Yeah. Go. High heels. I'm Seriously sorry, you're worn. just sending the internet wild right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here you we go. We just lost internet. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Broke it. Here's, you know, here's the other thing is that like I've got like old dancer feet, so they can you know. There's a market for it, Carolyn. Uh, there will there's, be. Sure there will be. Hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> they want it. It's mm-hmm. out there. Boy, I never thought That's what I mean. Kim, this episode Kim would go Novak, here. But... She's got, like... <laughs> this is what's going to bring the money in for the podcast. Our <laughs> oh, All fe- okay. Yeah. So, old oh foot God. time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Adventure through time and feet. <laughs> this is also why, Justin, I would... That's how I would torture you when I was a kid. Was, as I would try and put my yes, feet you on would. you. Like, never appreciated it. Disgusting yeah, dance feet. Quite She's <laughs> right. They're disgusting. No, Karen. I can pinch. I, I think I could like pinch someone. 
I, me and my sister. There's used a market to fight. for that too. Yeah. Just. Mm-hmm. And then my sister would. Um, Only fans. What do you call like when you click your like? She'll pull my toes. To oh, cracking knuckles. Yeah, oh. but my toes. There's an audience for that too. I bet. Yes, you. I'm sure there's an audience. We for just that. need to be. <laughs> get yourself a little webcam. Okay. You've got a cottage I, and, and industry. Yeah, still? Side hustle. Clearly, yeah. I feel Can like. Can I do, do your marketing? I'll mm-hmm. I'll do the Photoshop if you want. Mm-hmm. Guys, we are still only five. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, so. <laughs> this is. This is how much we love fascinating. Hey everybody, Jay-Z here breaking in as I will do to tell you all about the incredible products that you can purchase. But we wanted to let you know about our Patreon site because you know, you love this show. You're a super fan, you're obsessed. You're like, I want more, more, more. Guys, it's it's available for $2 a month. That's like nothing, count them, one, two, and it's over, your counting is done. That's just two little things, two little dollars. And you can be a member of our Patreon site. We call it the Boom Room. It's an incredible museum uh, where we gather artifacts from each of the films that we've been watching. You know, you're hearing it on the free feed, but did you know that these episodes are actually twice as long, sometimes more than twice as long as the ones that you're hearing right here? The link is in the show notes. All you have to do is just click that guy. It'll take you right to our Patreon site. You can sign up. And again, it's only $2, guys. It's nothing to you, but it's everything to us. Your support means everything to us. We'll see you at the Boom Room. It's a great place, a great community of people. We would love to have you there. And if you do, I'm going to thank you. Just like I will right now. Thank you. And now back to the show. And from there we go with them to Club Zodiac, which uh, is fronted with this incredible spacey mural. You know we love the space art here. This yeah. looks. This has got Chesley Bonestell written all over it. If you ask me. So this seems like much more like mm-hmm. we're definitely getting that span of time that we've talked about before. Like, where do we get mid-century modern? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which we typically identify with like the early 60s, but this is 1958, so I feel like this was very ahead for its time. Yeah, this is very groovy. This is the 60s before the 60s, essentially. This is Bohemia in yeah, New York City. Yeah. This is uh, beat poetry, and this it's all bongos and black turtlenecks and... Um, but also people this must have been a racy film. Still wearing oh yeah. I, I think this is an outrageous film for fifty eight compared for to the other stuff that we've like, seen. They actually showed her casting a spell and like all of yeah. that. Like isn't that kind of also Kim Novak and oh my god, that burgundy dress when she just like lays out on the back of the couch or mm-hmm. like when she's in the red outfit, like on um, the polar bear skin <laughs> rug talking to Pie Whacket. And you're like Pie Whacket. Furs by title bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also the fact that you there's a lot of back. bizarre lighting. This is where the director of yes. photography comes into place. So we're getting a lot of blue and green ethereal witchy lighting that happens periodically. Um, there's a lot of uh, this is this is a an artsy crowd. We're kind of led to believe like they're sitting. This is a, a dim club in Greenwich Village, and we're. I think Bohemian is the right word for all of this. Yeah, and this is what subculture. we you know. What was apparently happening in Paris at the same time? Like this is the underworld. This is this is the subculture, the underground. Funny face. Y- yes. And, uh, <laughs> now here we're talking witchcraft, <laughs> but in in on the banks of the Seine, they're of course discussing uh, Jean Paul Sartre. Again, groovy place. A lot of people 
hanging out, listening to some bongo-laden jazz music. Uh, the bongo is played by Mr. Jack Lemon, playing Nick, who will be later revealed to be Gillian's brother. He is a male witch, also known as a warlock, everybody. But we also meet some uh, some other figures, such as this woman, played by Hermione Gingold, I think is how, how would you pronounce that name, Catherine? Gingold? Gingold? I need to see it written down. It's a G-I-N-G-O-L-D. I'm going to go with the hard G for the start. Ging- yeah, Gingold. Hermione Gingold. Carolyn, do you recognize this woman? Oh, yes, I yes, do. Yes, you should. She Because, oh my God. She plays. Munsters go home. Lady Effigy Munster in the Munsters motion picture extravaganza, Munster Go Home. We will be watching it for Halloween next year. And she is. I like want to go watch it right uh, now. It's so good. And she has the most incredible voice. <laughs> and she says things like, she doesn't just say fear. She says, fear. 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 <laughs> The Griffin has sent another correspondence laden with fear. She's great. But she's amazing. And she plays um, Bianca DePass in this film, who is sort of like the I head witch. Had like, I had like fangirl moment because as I'm watching this, I'm like, all right, I have got Mary Shelley slash the Bride of Frankenstein mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lady Monster. Yeah, Lady Effigy <laughs> the is same there. movie. So also at this club, it's a total smoker's paradise, you guys. I mean, we, we're always keeping track of the cigarettes, but there's so much smoking in this movie. So 1958 is all about the ciggies. Uh, so yeah, so we get all kinds of just glorious cigarette smoking. It's it's a wonderful time. I feel like maybe this is maybe this is for me. The you know, time? like starting like 53... To really? fifty-eight, maybe. Considering no, not all really. the okay. <laughs> no, I mean not not really, but okay. like conceptually, I, I'm attracted to this. I to everything. I, I, I'm attracted to dimly lit right. smoky clubs, gotcha. wearing you know a lot of black right. and uh, magic. <laughs> sure, right. yeah, Throw right. Some, that would be helpful. The, definitely. Uh, so they're just hanging out here at club Zodiac. And of course, Gillian is, is very lovelorn and just again, and the dumps, she's just doesn't know what I to do with she's herself. She's just bored. More than yeah. Anything else. She's looking for something beyond. She's looking for something different. Tribal which for her is ordinary. Mm. Now, meanwhile, outside Shep and his fiance, we're meeting the fiance here, here, whose name is Merle. Merle Kittridge. So they're walking down the street and he has taken her to this club or he would like to anyway, but he needs to find it first. And he, they walk in this, again, the snowy back lot. The back lot looks great. I wanted to point out, we have to keep track of on the back lot here, the amount of available rooms for renting because it's an ex- extraordinary explosion of availabilities. If you need a bed, a place to crash, this neighborhood has them aplenty. There's a hotel here, right? At least one hotel. We're going to keep track throughout the picture. So this is where, and again, this is where James Stewart doesn't open his goddamn mouth. He he drops 10 to 15 years, right? But here he's like, well, well I, got, I hear he's music. Just like he's like mumbling his way through this movie. It just threw yeah. me off the whole This is movie. the rest of his career is like yeah. this. And so they're looking for the club. They can't find the club. It's supposed to be here somewhere. He hears it. He discovers... Uh, in the sidewalk, the this sort of like lit up, uh, you know, very heavy glass portion that 
we you can see today in some places uh kind of indicating an under ground area some kind of space there and so he's like yeah yeah the music coming from down here and then he starts just shouting at the sidewalk he's you know the the classic joke about mm. the old man is him shouting at clouds in his front yard but here it's just james stewart yelling at the sidewalk hello let us in We're, we want to come into the club you know it's like dude the, nobody can hear you <laughs> hey hello down there hello zodiac hello down hey this is it see there Okay, I'll bet this is it. There, a, a trail. Follow the yellow line and keep going and keep going. And there is an arrow. Success. Come on. But he seems somewhat, I don't know, charming. He's got a okay. nice tuxedo on. I meant to say that earlier when he was May, at yeah, he dresses, Gillian's he's, apartment. Yeah, he's like, playful. He's, nice, he's fine. He's know? fine. He's fine. But they round the corner, and here it is, the goddamn Zodiac Club. But also, there are rooms available, you guys. There's so many rooms in the city. Okay. Just want you to keep track of this. So, Zodiac Club, loving the neon sign. Love it. Like, this place needs to exist today. It would go over like gangbusters. If we opened up a place called Zodiac Club, and it looked like this front door here, we got it made in the shade, you guys. I think we should do that. But they go inside and they run into the Holroids, right? And uh, so the Holroids are very welcoming. They're like, oh, you made it. Great. Why don't you sit down with your chilly fiance? So let's talk about Merle for a minute because she plays into it. Like this stereotype exists today of the chilly kind of a drag fiance, right? Where they they probably before today had a perfectly fine life together. Yeah. And he was very content to do whatever she wanted or vice versa, whatever their dynamic was. I don't, I don't know. But now all of a sudden we're in the realm of dark, magical nightclubs and things are looking a little bit different. And Merle kind of sticks out like a sore thumb here. And here we're witnessing her. Uh, I believe this type of smoking we're watching her doing is called Frosty Fiance Smoking, I have in my notes. Because she is not happy to be there. She clearly doesn't want to hang with the witches. And the witches are sort of... Well, mm, trying to get her men. Probing, right? Like, well, yeah. So they're, they're, they're asking pointed questions uh, of her. And like, and also, Gillian recognizes they her. Know, see, yeah, they know each other. From uni, right? Yeah, so they went to college together. They were roommates? Mm, I, I don't know if they were roommates, but they... Small campus. They probably knew each other pretty well. And it turns out that they did not like one another. Go figure. Merle had something of a reputation back in the day of being a bow snatcher, as um, Gillian calls calls this. So, you know, a man stealer. You know, oh, nice boyfriend you got here. It'd be a shame if he became my boyfriend. And also was a liar and a sneak and a writer of poison pen letters and always mixing up trouble. She's a real troublemaker. Kind of a Karen, right? Kind of mid-century Karen we have here. So there's obviously some kind of friction between her and Gillian. And Gillian's like, yeah, remember when you freaked out over thunderstorms? Like you had a real fear of thunderstorms. And she's like, yeah, I do. I mean, it's really a trying time in my life. And she's like, yeah, remember when there were thunderstorms like every day for the last year that we were <laughs> at college? Remember that? Interesting, right? And and she then beckons to her brother Nick and his bongos and his bongo quartet. And the band comes over and they start 
playing a song that could only be described as a thunderstorm. I mean, it's very, uh, very percussive and loud and it's all up in her face. And so they just surround Merle and just jazz trumpet her out of the Zodiac club. This is crazy, but I thought she did. This actress did a good performance though, of like looking agitated and is shaken by the experience. Yes. Yes. So she, her arc goes from, I am frosty and annoyed to, I'm terrified by this hot jazz music and having a nervous I have PTSD. Time. Yeah, right. So, and I got to get out of here. Shep is like, well, I mean, it's my frosty fiance, so I'm entitled to, you know, I must take her home. Of course, she hates this. So see you later, witches. And as Gillian and Queenie and Nick sort of walk the streets and decompress from this big night out at the Zodiac Club, this is where we find out the more of the details about Merle and the way that she used to be and how, boy, Gillian just is not a fan of this at all. Uh, this is also where we see the delumination, courtesy of Nikki, later ripped off by Albus Dumbledore. And it is, you know, this is the level of, of witchcraft that we're mostly dealing with is like parlor tricks, kind of. We're not seeing a whole lot of razzle-dazzle except for once or twice and their key moments. And are we categorizing this as a Christmas movie because it takes place in December? Yeah, and there's a, there's a Christmas scene, too. Snow and snow. Shrishma, you were asking about... Abracadabra. Which Christmas, or as I like to call it, Witchmas. Look at this beautiful, witchy, uh, impressionistic, golden Christmassy tree. We see the gang here, Queenie, Gillian, Nick. They're all gathered to have to exchange presents, and it's real sweet. You love to see it. Uh, one of the things I most appreciate is this shiny wrapping paper. This is also very on brand for this era, I feel like. The sort of shiny, foil, metallic, yeah. green and red wrapping paper. Not in any way recyclable. No, it's it's useless. I mean, that, that's like not in... Actively hurts the environment. Yeah. 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 And, and I love it for that fact that, I mean, this is... Look, you're just getting the glossiest, shiniest of papers to wrap your package. Anyway, Nick gifts his sister a new summoning potion of some kind, and they decide to try it out, uh, as as you do uh, on Witchmas. So, and it turns out, of course, Gillian is the most skilled of all of these conjurers, as everybody admits, and she's a, a very powerful witch. So they're very excited to see what she can do with this new juice, the summoning juice, right? So they take the very same book mexico ma magic in mexico that we saw earlier and they cut off the back photo of the author sydney uh, radlich 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 yeah. yeah and they they sort of douse the picture in this potion and then they set it on fire in the stony cauldron this is here's magic in mexico and also here's uh i think this is an ashtray Seems to be ashtrayish to me, but she's got a nice desk set here mm. and a green rotary phone. Love it. Uh, anyway, th so she, they set fire to this picture that's all enchanted, and we get a beam of green, smoky, vapory light that emerges from the cauldron, and it looks great. This is a wonderful effect, I think, for 1958. Mm -hmm. I'm into this. Mm -hmm. And again, the lighting is really on point here because this doesn't exist in real life, but everything else does. So they're compensating for this optical effect in the real world by shining blue and green light. And that's what you like to see. That's the inventiveness you like to see that 
all these goddamn green screen. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but you know that Lord of the Rings show. Like, can I get some motion? We're at sea, people. Where's the wind? Well, where's the magical light? It's here. But who should see this green light? But motherfucking Shep. And we don't see him there, but... But fucking Shep is walking home and he's like, green light wall looks like the building's on fire. And he, he just invites himself in and he's like, oh, I just was just checking to make sure everybody's okay. And uh, they're like, yeah, everything's fine. Don't don't worry about it. Everything's, everything is good. And um, Nick and Queenie leave the two of them together and she pours him a drink. And as he goes on and on and on about his boring life, she starts to bewitch him, you guys. She starts in this amazing dress. Can we talk about the okay? What do you see? Oh yeah. What are you seeing in the dress? Tell us all about it. Oh, the backless. The dress is the high neck. Backless, high neck, velvet, you burgundy, know, burgundy, delicious, velvet, long sleeve number. Mm. Oh yeah, you want to get into it? Mm. This dress Justin that did. we're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Good one. <laughs> Sorry. Um, she looks incredible. Piwack at the cat looks incredible too. I don't quite know what they did to sedate this cat, but he is always in the best mood. He is very agreeable. They sedated he's being, the cat. Well, he's being stroked by Kim Novak as well. So I don't know if that plays into it, but you kind of do whatever you need to do to stay in that position, right? But she starts humming the theme of the movie and stroking the top of her familiar's head. And she is staring. And then we start to see the magical light appear. And then we get closer. I mean, this is an amazing this is shot. Really this, whole, like, whole oh, yeah. She looks incredible. The cat looks incredible. There's magic. It's Christmas, you guys. This is this is the best. But is this the type of magic we want at Christmas? I'm just, yeah. I'm just asking. Want any magic at Christmas, frankly. Any magic. Will do. You want more Jesus magic? No. I'm oh, okay, okay. More like, you know. Okay. I'm just. It's his birthday, you know. Right. But no, this is, is good. No, I'm just this is. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a whole thing. Sorry. Judeo Christian calendar right, and all. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Who knows? Who knows? Right. Um, but we. I mean, this is just great stuff. And so she kind of puts him into this weird magical stupor where he's like, oh, I can't believe I'm so boring. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, and he thinks he's allergic to the cat as well. But he feels rather funny, you guys, because he's been enchanted by this witch. And I am into it. And so from there. They spend the night together? Yeah, they spend the night together. They we, we catch up with runner, them. isn't it? Uh, it really is. Here we're looking right now at a one of our favorite shots of old NYC. Here it is in the winter time, looking rather gray and wintry, smoggy. I mean, yeah, bleak. Sure, it's pretty washed out. And we catch up with them. They're on the top of the um, what? What am I thinking of? Not the gridiron, but what's the Flatiron Building? Yeah, it is. The flat They're on the top of the Flatiron Building, uh, gazing out over a very sleepy city. And he is trying to piece together, like, what has just happened? I went to your place, had a drink, and went for my jacket, and now we're on the top of this building, and it's the morning several hours later. What is going on? But also, also we're kissing he, each other. And he's supposed to be getting married that day. We did find out that he's going to be, he's engaged, and he's decided, or they've decided when he was taking Merle home after being chased out by that hot jazz music, 
that we're not going to wait anymore. We're going to do the whole announcement thing, but you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to go get married and be married. And this is when she really starts, you know, that, that's when the spell casting comes. She's like, this is my moment. I'm going to do this. And here we are many hours later and they are smooching up a storm and are quite in enchanted love with one another uh, to a point where Shep is like, you know what? I, I don't even care. I'm going to take the hat off of my head and throw it off the goddamn flat iron building. And you guys, it occurred to me that is this the moment? Mm. Is this the pivot point where does this represent society taking its hat off and start the process of tossing it off of the Earth's flat iron building? Do you know what I'm talking about? the breeze in there. They're like, it's 1958. We've been doing hats for a goddamn long time. You know what? Enough's enough. Kim Novak exists in this world. And she's, (laughs) sure, but come on. You know it. You Novak it. She she exists in this world and she is walking around in the... (laughs) Her black bohemian leotard, and we are all good with it. And I can't wear this goddamn hat anymore. He takes it exactly. off his head. So and damned like, old fashioned. Goodbye hat. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> this is but where- like this shot is amazing because they literally oh my follow God. it all the way down to the ground. It's an incredible shot. I don't know how they did it. No. I like this, that was an entire day of somebody going to the top of a building and chucking hats yeah. off, and yeah. this guy trying to follow it with his camera. All the way down mm-hmm. to the street level here. Quite where an extended shot. It, it went forever. It didn't need to be like the whole way down. No, but you know what I like the best about it? These street signs, because apparently New York City street signs were yellow back in the day. That's what I've learned from this film. Is that yellow or is that just lighting? Uh, I mean, this looks to be a yellow or white, mm. very dirty white, rusty yeah. white maybe. Yeah, off white. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. area, by the way, is where you can buy liquor and desks. And yes. a Coke, Excess. if you want Coke. And a Coke. All of these things. But this is just, that's just uh, on location footage of, of New York at the time, which is always interesting, especially in the wintertime. It's rare that you see that. So the hat, goodbye to the hats. So farewell hats. This might be, I'm going to mark this for right now until we see otherwise. This is the beginning of society rejecting hats. Shep decides that he wants to get married. They've been together for two weeks now. I mean, virtually two weeks. Uh, But he's in. He's like, why don't we get married? And she is suddenly faced with this idea of being married to a 50-year-old James Stewart. And What's wrong with that? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I do get a sense from her in this scene. Like, this is not just her saying, uh, this is... I guess not limited to a woman, but anybody in this scenario who's like, I'm not sure if I want to give up my autonomy as a person myself. Now, of course, in this case, we're talking about the magic lifestyle and everything. But I think what she says speaks to a broader sense of, you know, uh, this means I have to say goodbye to everything I've got set up for myself here. And I just don't know if I want to, you know, forever is a fucking long time. I don't know if I want to do that. That's why I felt like she was doing this just out of spite. Part of it was spite for her friend, and she didn't think it would go so long. And so she was also caught off guard. Mm, okay. That's how I read it. Okay. But, uh, okay. I, I, think, I think that's rolled into it, but I do think like the initial thing was she, again, she, again she's bored, right? Yeah, she wants exactly. so something different. So it all different, started, you know? she was bored. This guy showed up, 
And then there was this additional motivation like, oh, Merle's to piss here? off oh, her friends. Oh, it's even sweeter. And then yeah. now she's like, oh, shit, what is the situation? Right. Oh, now he wants to get married. married. Okay, yeah. okay. So, because he, right. true to, I mean, this is a very accurate representation of a man in love, but like, yeah, do we have to go out? Like, we can just stay in, you know? Like, let's get married. Let's just be in bed together forever. It's very, we've been dating two weeks, you know? So... She is not sure about this, though, and she tells him as such. And so at a certain point, Gillian finds out about Nick working on the book. It's right around here. I forget exactly how this comes up. Mm. But she goes to visit him at the Zodiac Club, and they have this conversation. And, you know, he's like, well, what's the big deal? Like, I'm just doing this book. And she's like, yeah, but you're this is way too close. Everything you're writing here is way too close to the truth. So she forbids that, as she will do. But he's very stubborn about it. So she enchants the book text so that it sucks. It's a sucking uh, enchantment. And so when they finally deliver the pages to Shep, he reads it. He's like, well, this doesn't make any sense. It's illegible. I can't read it. It's ridiculous. And he calls the guys into his fabulous office. And he's like, I I can't publish this. This is nonsense. And they are shocked. Mm, to a degree nick is sort of like hmm, curious because i wrote a banger and this guy is not into it but i think this is maybe when it comes out that there's been some enchantment happening and that oh yeah gillian's actually a witch and she has enchanted this book so that anybody who reads it will hate it and that just is her way of dealing with the problem. Oh, yeah. He does not like the fact that he's been enchanted by a love spell, though. He wants something real. God damn it. And so that just leads to them breaking up. He kind of storms out of there and he wants to be free of this. And so. Well, he kind of tries to deny and make fun of um, Gillian for trying to say, oh, yes, I'm enchanted. He's like, whatever. I just love you. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's it's when he talks with Queenie in the stairway that she says, "Oh well, yeah, you're you've been enchanted," and she basically confirms. Ah, uh, Queenie spills the Gillian beans. Gillian was right, okay. and Queenie was spilling the beans that of what Gillian was trying to tell him anyway yes. in his office, and he was like, "Oh, honey, right?" And he's, "I don't care." Yes, but he's he's still outraged though, and. He eventually calls in Nick and Sydney to help him, and they go out to, I believe they said Brooklyn. Uh, yes, Brooklyn. Okay, so Correct. classic Brooklyn, uh, old haunted manor house, of course. And w- they drive out to the middle, seemingly the middle of nowhere, to this old house where inside awaits Miss Madame oh, Bianca yeah. de Pass, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who welcomes him in. To her very creepy witchy house. I love this house. It's all blue green lights and parrots and uh, weird potions and things like this. This is how a witcher wizard should live. Uh, This is kind of the color palette that was borrowed liberally from by Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Uh, It is Mm -hmm. (laughs) very similar to this, but I love everything happening here. And Mrs. DePass is basically like, okay, so how did she get you? I know why you're here. Don't worry about it. How did she get you? And he's like, wow, she used her cat. Some cat magic, right? And it's like, okay, well, you come over here, and she takes him, ushers him into her little uh, work area, wraps him in this dusty old shawl, 
and sits him an Afghan. in Afghan. Sure. It's a dusty old Afghan. I mean, and there's dust pouring off this thing, but like wraps him up. You sit here. I'm going to mix you up a little potion. What else is happening in this space, by the way? It's just uh, glass jars filled with it's classic. Like pickled uh, weird Yeah, shit. poison dragon's liver and, and things like that. And she starts concocting her potion in her own little cauldron, which she then hands to him and makes demands Forces that he, him. yeah, you drink the whole thing. You got to drink all of it. And also it's going to take a little bit to kick in. So you got to go see her. You must face her and then it will really start working. And he does this, uh, but this is some just great mid-century magic. Love to see it. And he goes back to Merle to try to make amends. This is after um, he goes to see Gillian and truly breaks it off then. And then she goes into a rage and says that all, all the way she's going to enchant Merle. Ah, that's right. There is a threat against Merle. This is this is her. There's a threat against Merle. Well, and this is what happens. Okay, so he goes. He drinks the magic uh, anti-love formula. He yes. comes back. He's carrying a package with him in the primitive art store, and this is where they have their their big blow up. Where he's like, you know, I hate the fact that you enchanted me, and also here's a broom because I am a prop comic oh, now. Yes. And she's like, well, so you're just a small man then. And here's what I'm going to do. Where's my cat? I know where your ex lives and you're probably going to go back to her. But, you know, maybe I can't fuck with you anymore, but I can fuck with her all I want to. And so, yes, this is why we then go back to Merle's Mm -hmm. where he's trying to convince her that this is real. She is painting, by the way, though. And Catherine Sherlock, as our chief aesthetic officer, Mm -hmm. what do you see in her art? Uh, It's very mirror, um, quite kind of simplistic. Yes, she's dealing with the triangle. It would appear. Yeah, I mean, if, if you if you look at Miro's work, I mean, it's, okay, um, I'm not familiar with okay, it, but yeah. uh, it's in in this vein, mm. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, very much so. I mean, and she's got it's it's not bad. Uh, I like the colors and everything. I like this green piece back here as well. This is interesting to me. Um, I could I could spend some time looking at these. Anyway, Merle is not impressed by any of it. She is not into it. And uh, so then. Okay. And Merle basically kicks him out of her life. Like, I don't care. I don't want anything to do with you. Yes. And then he goes to track down Nick and Sydney again at the Zodiac. He, uh, oh, Piwak, it runs away. That's what happens yes. at this point. Piwak, it says, you know yeah. what? So she starts Screw losing it. her. Her Howard. witchery, Howard. and when and when she loses her witchery, by the way, uh, there's another hotel back there. Rooms are available in New York City in 1958, um, and she is barefoot out in this uh, alleged New York City street. What a free With spirit! The snow. Yeah, right. So she is sad. Piwacket is off doing his own thing. Queenie finds him up on the roof, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, he is now Queenie's familiar. As she is losing, like we say, her her witchiness with her feelings because she's she's really in love. And so eventually Shep goes back to see her, except now the primitive art has been replaced by a new storefront called Flowers of the Sea and all of her beautiful tribal artwork and masks and carvings and sculptures and things of this nature have been replaced by garbage seashell uh, refuse. Yeah, it, it's really pretty bad. Quite shocking. So tacky. It yeah. really is horrible. Yes, it is. But v- at the time, was this considered 
I like she, this flower. I don't know. You like you like the right, seashell flowers. Some of, them, was, the, uh, the some of them were nice. There were one or two mm. pieces that stood out. It's just something uh, a little souvenir-y about it all. Right. Something mm-hmm. Vero Beach tacky about it. But <laughs> <laughs> he walks. I mean, look at this place, Trishma. I mean, this is you like. I mean, it? they don't look bad. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it's also not as. I mean, it's better than primitive African and Asian. Well, the word well, primitive actually, can go. I would have, yeah, but I would uh, rather have, have the, the masks. Frankly, yeah, right. I'm just saying. I think it looks better. But he comes in. He's shocked that there's been such a change. But also, you know what else has changed? Actually, Kim Novak has changed into Aww. this yellow uh, springtime shoe dra- wearing. She's wearing. Yeah, she's wearing heels. She can, Make some good money selling those on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, she's just dressed like a normal human being, and it kind of makes me sad. Like I know this mm-hmm. leads to her eventual happiness, but also, what's up with that black cat suit? You know, like where'd that mm-hmm. go? Did, did did we sell that, or is that just is just just a Tuesday, and that's more of a weekend get up for you? I, right. I don't know. But it turns out that they are now back in the same place, and he's feeling love for her, and she's been pining over him. So then they smooch and make up and uh essentially that's the end of the movie the end of bell book and candle you guys we made it we really didn't see any bell book well there were some or, books we saw plenty of candles, books yeah really lots of we saw books, candle sconces but, I mean, there were candles burning yeah, but they weren't like yeah, pivotal to the story like, it should be called right. furs uh books Merle's and <laughs> Furs, Merle's and Candle. Fur- yeah. Furs, well, Merle and. I mean, I just. The reason I pointed out, I mean, I know that there was a line in their big blowout yes, you know, fight where he was basically like, oh, you know, close the book, douse the candle, whatever. However right, it went, right. It was like, that's how you, you, you get rid I, of I'm sick of this power. bell, book, and candle nonsense. I, I'm getting out of here. Time right. for dinner. It's 4 30. But also in the end, don't they like zoom, like pan to the cat again? Yeah, yeah, the cat's there too. And I I think actually uh, Nick and Queenie are outside too and they see it and they're like, nah, whatever. And uh, yeah, we end on the cat though. Let's do the business then. Catherine Sherlock, Mm. Bell, Book and Candle, 1958, Kimmy Novak, Mm. Jimmy Stewart. Do we keep watching this thing? I think so. Okay. I, I think I might. Even watch this again myself. I think you should. Mm. I think this should be, everybody put this into your rotation during the holidays. Start getting into it. It's a different vibe, but it's Christmassy nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And it's romantic. And there are cats. And there are tribal art pieces. And lots of things. But Pussies. Well. <laughs> ton of pussy in this movie. Shrishma Nike. Yes. Do we keep watching this thing? You know, I actually liked this movie. Did you? <laughs> so, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but I fell asleep. It took me a while to get through it because, yeah, sure. you know, whatever. But yeah. I thought it was a fun movie. Like, it was mm. different. Okay. Um, I liked that she was a little bored and she wanted to do something different mm-hmm. with her time. So mm-hmm. this is what she came up with. And yeah. she was a little petty, uh, which was nice. Yeah, so I, sure. I, I thought it was a good movie. Okay. I definitely enjoyed it. So, so yes. you're into it. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's great. Sister Nowrose. Bell Book and Candle, do we keep watching this? Yeah, I was entertained. I liked okay. it. And I would totally watch it again. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. And I like the fact that this is a, a very nice print of this movie, too. It looks beautiful. That There's been some, um, I don't know if it's been restored or what, but it looks great uh, in, in all of its colorful glory. 
And same for me, of course, this is a total green light. Got to have it. And I think uh, we didn't really talk too much. Okay, we talked a lot about Kim Novak. But her voice, just want to, again, just focus, circle back around to her voice because she has a a sultry quality that she Mm -hmm. is working, working hard in this movie. And it's great. And maybe um, James Stewart should have tried something like that too. What's his name? James Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. So, so you want something more like this then? Something more? Know. Just not what it was. <laughs> throaty. Now, now, well, well, that's very exciting. Is it anything? No. All right. So yes, hey, four green lights, everybody. This is a Christmas miracle. Oh, Woo-hoo! I love it. I love it. So concludes Bell Book and Candle. Yoo-hoo. Yep, sure, sure. Woo-hoo. Let's talk we next week, though. It's a very Merry Christmas. Thing. It continues on, Shrishma. Where the holidays are not done with us yet. I am very pro Christmas music, though. I must say. Sure, me too. What's your favorite Christmas song? Um, the one that goes Little Drummer Boy. Right. Okay, mine is Santa Claus is Back in Town by Elvis Presley. It's good. Kicks ass. White Christmas is also good. Well. Speaking of Shrishma, the song. let's talk about next week's film hosted by a very special host. My sister and yours, Carolyn Alrose, will be taking the lead on 1954's White Christmas. <laughs> it's the real one. Let me lay it out for you guys. A successful, remember White Christmas we were talking about? You know, white Mm-hmm. The many layers of whiteness mm-hmm. that goes into this. This is a pretty, so many layers of whiteness. This is pretty white. Here we go. Yeah. A successful song and dance team, white people, mm-hmm. become romantically involved, white people, with a sister act and team up to save the failing Vermont Inn, white people, of their former commanding general, white people. And stars, of course, Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, and Rosemary Clooney, directed by Michael Curtis. So as, White Christmas. As well as Vera Allen, who was looked severely Severely. Anorexic. Oh, okay. Well, we'll be the judge of that. Next week on a very special Carolyn episode of yeah. Old Movie Time Machine. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, over to yeah. me in the future. Thank you ever so much, me from the past. Great job, team. I believe having edited the movie, uh, having edited the show, I believe this was a success. Well done. Uh, Of course, you can always let us know what you think about it. Uh, If you agree with this, disagree with this, whatever your feelings are, your flavors, your vibes, whatever it is, let us know. Write to us, partyline at oldmovietimemachine.com or join us on Instagram too at Time Machine Podcasts. Uh, Shrishma does all the socials over there. She does a great job. We would love for you to see it. Just whatever you do, join us, follow us, rate, review, uh, you know the deal. Anyway, next week, we are talking... The ultimate in Christmas movies of this time period, anyway. It's called White Christmas. It's from 1955. It's got Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby. It's actually Irving Berlin's White Christmas. So if that's not a tease, I don't know what is. But it's available all over the goddamn place. So please watch it. Uh, and, And you can join us before our conversation drops next Wednesday right here. 
and you can stream it on Netflix, it looks like. You can rent it on Redbox, Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Voodoo, the Microsoft Store, and DirecTV. And you can also purchase it at all these places as well. So we would encourage you to maybe do that. I don't know. Give it a spin. You let us know. Again, partyline at oldmovietimemachine.com. And we will see you back here next Wednesday where we will be discussing White Christmas. And until then, never forget, you guys, this has been Old Movie Time Machine. <laughs>